It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Brewers, your daily Milwaukee Brewers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. On Brewers, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. I'm your host, Ben Larson. Find me on Twitter at Cheesehead Talks, also at Lockdown Brewers, and Facebook.com slash Lockdown Brewers as well. Lockdown Brewers brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code Locked On, and you'll get $10 off your first order. And that'd be a nice thing to do. Uh, it, you know, if they gave you $12 off your first order, it'd be as many runs as the Tigers got last night. See that See that transition? Brilliance. Absolute brilliance. Uh, the Brewers got smoked, and uh, it wasn't fun. I, I On today's show, we will have uh, Jack Stern on. He's He writes for Brew Crew Ball, and he wrote an interesting article about Adrian Hauser uh, last weekend and about Adrian Hauser's change in pitch selection and how often he uses his sinker versus his curve, versus his uh, fastball, and how, although his sinker is his best pitch, it might be hurting him that he's using it so often, as opposed to what he did last year. So it's an interesting take, and he's got some stats to back it up, and we'll talk to him coming up on the show in ahead of uh, Adrian Hauser's start uh, versus the Tigers tonight. So we'll get into that. Of course, three up, three down on the way in just seconds. And uh, I'll deliver my quasi, very small, but important mea culpa. Mea culpa. <laughs> Is that how you say it? Mea culpa about uh, my comments on the Detroit Tigers yesterday, which were clearly off base. We'll get into it. First, three up, three down. Three up, three down. Ah, uh, yes, you know how I make spirited efforts on this podcast to, to give you the ups when the team had a terrible night, or to give you the downs when the team had a great night. Uh, unfortunately, last night, uh, the ups are tough to come by, but here we go. Uh, Christian Yelich, two hits, including a booming home run to right field. That ball was smoked, and Christian Yelich, though he might be you know, inconsistent offensively, hey, look, his average is up over 200 after last night, a couple of big hits. Uh, when he hits the ball... They seem to go for the extra bases. They seem to go a long way. His, his two home runs he's hit in the last uh, week or so have been absolute bombs. So, you know, there's that. Uh, <laughs> so Yelich did a good job. He got the Brewers on the board. Avoiding the shutout and total embarrassment last night. Uh, so that was good. And uh, so that worked out. And then the second up will go with uh, Ben Gamble. On base three times. He has been hot. You know, Ben Gamble. It's, it's looked good. Uh, as cold as he was, and he was ice cold. He was as cold as anyone on the team, and that was saying something. 
he has come back in the last few games and been red hot. Got on base again three times last night. He had a streak of eight straight uh, plate appearances where he reached base. That was snapped last night, but still a hit and two walks for Gamble. <laughs> so, again, these are the ups, right? Uh, the third up, Justin Topa and Phil Bickford uh, made their debuts. They were called up. In lieu of a lot of, of roster moves uh, yesterday made by Craig Council, David Stearns, and the Brewers uh, because they had to fill the gaps when they traded Phelps, and then there was Brandon Woodruff's paternity leave, and there was bereavement leave for Jed Jerko, who lost his grandfather, unfortunately. He'll be back with the team uh, later this week, I believe on Friday. But but so with that, all that, uh, they brought up Trey Supak, who I mentioned on the show yesterday. I was excited to maybe see him, but then they sent him right back down. I don't even know if he ever made the drive to Milwaukee, the poor guy. Fortunately, he's not being called up from, like, Carolina or, you know, San Antonio. It's just Appleton this year. But uh, he got sent right back down, and Justin Topa and Phil Bickford made their debut. Notice I'm not talking about how Justin Topa and Phil Bickford's debuts went. No, no, just that they made their debut. We got to see them. Uh, very exciting, kind of. Not really because of the way they pitched. Anyway, the downs. <laughs> uh, Josh Lindblom. <sighs> what do we say about Josh Lindblom? He got the Brewers down uh, early in the game. Now, part of that, of course, is because the Brewers are not hitting, and that is always a, a problem consistently. I mean, it's it got a little better here and there in the last week or so, but just rears its ugly head in a lot of games as well. So uh, Lindblom, five innings, six hits, four earned runs. He walked three. His ERA now 6.46 on the season for the Brewers. We'll talk a little bit more about Jocelyn Bloom in a bit, but it's just not a good feeling when he takes the mound, and for obvious reasons. We saw it last night. Got the Brewers in a four-run hole. Uh, you know, and Again, they weren't able to create any offense, so four runs is not the end of the world. I get that, but you know, if you watch the game, you know what I'm talking about. It's a little difficult to watch him pitch. Uh, second down, one run. One run on Christian Yelich's booming solo home run. One run. Is all they could muster. Off a starter, by the way. Remember yesterday as I was trashing the Tigers. Starter who is an ERA of over 8. 8 plus. Coming off Tommy John. Struggling. And looked like it a little bit. You know, early in the game. Running the pitch count up. He only went three innings. But loaded the bases. You know, got in trouble. But every time uh, he needed to make a pitch, he made a pitch. And the Brewers were striking out a lot against him. Unbelievably, because he could not find the strike zone very well, and then all of a sudden he did, and the Brewers could not hit the ball, and uh, you know, that's uh, all you can say. One for nine with runners in scoring position for the Brewers last night. They left 12 men on base. Tough. Uh, third down, momentum squashed. You know, it's tough to lose 12 to one. It's tough to lose 12 to one. <laughs> they had taken three out of four against the Pirates over the weekend. Trying to get some momentum, trying to get it's it's a lot like it does feel a lot like last year in a sense because for a couple of months there, the Brewers are trying to get momentum, trying to get momentum, trying to get on track, trying to find their way, and then all of a sudden they did in September. They went blistering hot and they made the playoffs. You know, it's September now. I mean, it's different different circumstance, obviously different year, very different circumstances, but. You know, it's uh, you're going to have to find it at some point here. And you, you don't have to find as much as you did last year because it's a lot easier to make the playoffs this year. So I guess that's a, a quasi-up. But it's tough to lose 12-1. Okay, let's be frank. 12-1 is a bit deceiving, okay? It was really 10-1. I mean, they, they 
trotted out Orlando Arcia in the uh, ninth inning to give him an inning of relief. And that, you know, that bum gave up two runs. Got to get rid of him. <laughs> really 10 to 1. So it's not that bad. Really 10 to 1. <laughs> I I must apologize about how I spoke of the Tigers yesterday. I hadn't looked at the standings in a while. I'm guilty of this, particularly the American League standings in a while. And uh, since last week. And the Tigers were four games under 500 last time I looked at the standings. And I thought, well, you know, they're not terrible. I said this, I think I, I'll quote myself exactly yesterday. They're not terrible. They're not great, but they're not terrible. Well, they're not terrible. I, I don't know if they're great. Maybe I was right. But they're not as terrible as I suggested yesterday. Let's put it that way. They're now 17 and 16. Because they had come into yesterday's game winning five in a row. They had swept the Twins over the weekend. Something the Brewers certainly didn't come close to doing. right? And so they were, uh, they were looking pretty good. And now they've won six in a row. So I apologize. Detroit is a hot team. Detroit in their last 10 is 8-2 and two and playing really good baseball. And in it now in that uh, AL Central over there, don't you know? The White Sox, Cleveland, Minnesota, Detroit, Kansas City is not really in it. But the, the, those four teams are in it. Uh, White Sox and Cleveland 22-14. and 14. By the way, the Brewers have Cleveland coming up this weekend. Yay! Uh, Minnesota 21-16, and 16, Detroit 17-16. and 16. So just two games in the loss column separate... Those four teams. Detroit hasn't played as many games. They've been a victim to the teams that uh, suffered the COVID. And they're going to have to make up a lot. So that's what's ahead of the Tigers. But the Tigers playing good baseball. Cannot say the same necessarily for your Milwaukee Brewers. (laughs) Not playing great baseball. One of the reasons why, Josh Lindblom. Uh, It's been rough, right? 6.46 ERA. Uh, You just keep seeing these types of starts consistently from Lindblom. Where... He's just not really getting the job done. I mean, it's not awful uh, from the standpoint of of runs given up. It's painful to watch because there's walks and there's, you know, when a guy throws 90, uh, it does not mean that he's going to be bad. There's a lot of, well, there's a few. There used to be more, and there can be more. But there's a lot of guys who throw 90, but because their location and movement is so good, they are outstanding. and Lindblom wants to be one of those guys. And, you know, I think that's what the Brewers thought they were signing. That's what David Stearns thought he was signing. I mean, obviously, this is not rocket science. This is what he thought he was signing in the offseason when he brought him back over from the Korean Baseball League. But it's just not working out so far this year. Now, you can say short sample size. And, yeah, it's a short sample size. It's true. Uh, but his stats this year just have not gone it just hasn't gone well uh six what are we now uh, 25.2 innings pitched uh 26 hits 18 earned runs you know it's uh it, it's not he's talked about how he's walking too many hitters and that's true but i i will i watch a guy and again it's just sort of my impression i watch a guy and it feels like he is afraid to throw a strike because he doesn't trust his stuff uh, because he doesn't trust his location. He doesn't trust that that if he throws strikes, that the ball is going to stay in the ballpark. And maybe he's right right now. I don't know. Uh, but the Brewers obviously signed him to this contract. It's a three-year deal. It's not breaking the bank uh, by any means, so it's not setting the franchise back. <laughs> you know, I tweeted last night that it, it, it felt like uh, Jeff Supon. You know, this guy seems like Jeff Supon because that's kind of what it what it feels like. But 
Jeff Supon fi- signed what a thirty? What was that contract worth? Thirty million? I mean, I can't. Maybe it wasn't that much. It was a lot, right? And in uh, Lindblom's is three years for nine point one two five. So just about three year, three million a year. Again, you know, it's it's money that makes you want to play him and give him a chance and keep giving him chances, but it's not break the bank money. So he might lose his spot in the rotation, maybe. You know, I don't know who they're going to go to necessarily right now at this moment or this year even. Uh, but if he can't pull it together, you know, certainly by next year, you know, he might be a long reliever. He might have a different role in the team. I just, I don't know. But it's, you know, it's hard for him not to be a starter because he just obviously profiles as a starter. But, you know, it's just, it's tough for him to go out and, and just give up this much every time out and be this frustrating. So they're kind of in a bind with Lindblom. It's just so far this year, it's, it's just not working out. Uh, so it is what it is. <laughs> I, I hate wrapping things up like that. It is what it is. Uh, but we move on. Uh, we'll talk about Adrian Hauser coming up. Uh, Jack Stern will join us. Uh, he's from Brew Crew Ball. He wrote an article about Hauser. And again, it's interesting because Hauser uh, has not been as good as he was. And there might be some, it's not just maybe that he's not as sharp. There might be some actual choices he's making as far as his pitch selection and what he's emphasizing that have made him a little bit worse as it relates to giving up runs this year. So uh, we'll talk with Jack Stern about that coming up. Your Lockdown Brewers. Let's talk about Indeed. You know, sports had a big break. You remember earlier this year because of that COVID thing. But your business didn't. You have to keep moving, and that makes hiring more important than ever. Well, Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people and fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier, like sponsored jobs, which are shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in a hire. With 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, Indeed is going to get you the important hire that you need, just like they have for over 3 million businesses. So right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash MLB. That is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash MLB. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through September 30th. It's not like we've discovered the power of delivery during the COVID crisis. You know, it's always been there originally with pizza delivery, the the greatness of how awesome delivery is. But delivery has taken on a whole new meaning here with COVID. When we don't want to go out in public, we don't want to see people. So Postmates is there for you. They're your personal food delivery, grocery delivery, whatever kind of delivery service all year round, anything you're craving, Postmates can deliver. They're the largest on-demand network in the U.S. and offer delivery from all the restaurants, grocery and convenience stores, and traditional retailers you could possibly want or need. They are 24 7 365. Postmates will bring you what you need within the hour. How great is that? No more trips to the store. You don't even have to know where the store is. Postmates will deliver anything to you. Download the app for iOS or Android for free. Browse local restaurants and businesses and track your delivery in real time. For a limited time, Postmates giving our listeners $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days. To start your free deliveries, all you have to do is download the app and use code LOCKEDON. That's code Locked on for $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days when you download the Postmates app. What are you waiting for? Anything you need, anytime you need it, Postmate it. Download Postmates and save with code 
Locked On. Jack Stern writes for Brew Crew Ball. Again, brewcrewball.com. Great website for Brewer fans to dive into a lot of the ins and outs of Brewer baseball. And you can find Jack at Baseball7310, at Baseball7310 on Twitter. Jack, thanks for taking a little time. I, I really uh, appreciated the article that you wrote about Adrian Hauser because you know he was so uh, so good last year, uh, particularly down the stretch when the Brewers needed him to, to make that playoff run. Uh, and, you know, he's been fine this year. He's been terrible. Uh, he started out very strong, but we have seen seemingly a change where he's been uh, hit a little bit more here his last three, four times out. And so you wrote an article about the, the percentage of uses of, of a lot of his pitches. And why don't you sum it up for us as far as as what you found might be kind of a, the, the reason why Hauser's looked a little more hittable as of late. Right. So I think a lot of times when we're referring to changes in pitch pitch selection and changes in approach that we see from pitchers a lot of times we kind of present it under the context of this is a guy who's gotten better and here's here's why he's gotten better um but for adrian hauser this is actually for me at least it's an explanation for why he seems to have taken a bit of a step back this year and um, i'm just going to start off by from what we saw last year from hauser in those final 12 starts uh, which started at the end of July, July 30th, through the rest of the season. That was when he really moved into the rotation on a full-time basis. And in those last 12 starts, he was very effective. He had a 3.28 ERA, uh, 3.42 fielding independent pitching. And the pitch selection that we saw from him, he threw about 38% sinkers, which is it's his best pitch, so naturally he threw it more than any other pitch. But he also threw a lot of his other fastball, which is the four-seam fastball. He threw that 28% of the time. And really, he used those two fastballs to complement each other. And he was very effective in pairing those together because he was able to use the sinker to generate weak contact and get ground balls, maybe get a double play in a big spot if he needs one. But he was also able to elevate that four-seam fastball up in the zone. And that was really his big swing and miss pitch. And that's the reason why uh, he finished the season, he was he had an above-average strikeout rate, and he was also above-average in various quality of contact metrics. So thinking, you know, exit velocity, hard hit rate, things like that. And that's a big reason why I was really high on him coming into this season. Uh, but looking through his first few starts he's made this year, uh, especially his last start where things just really didn't go very well for him at all, this year, he has significantly altered his pitch selection. He's throwing 46% sinkers, which is a pretty big increase from what we saw down the stretch last year. But even really more notable than that is his four-seam fastball usage is down by about 10 percentage points to 18%. And that's a really a pitch that was really good for him last year, and he just kind of has pushed it off a little bit, and he's not using it nearly as much as he did last year. And as... As far as secondary pitches go as well, last year his sec his big secondary pitch was his curveball, which has really good break. It's kind of it's closer to a 12-6 curveball when you watch it, and it had actually about four and a half inches more drop than a curveball thrown at that velocity typically has. So it's a very good breaking ball, and he he threw it fairly frequently last year, but he's also reduced the usage of that this year. And instead, he's brought back the slider. So essentially what we're seeing is Hauser has leaned into being a sinker slider pitcher. And that is the kind of 
pitch selection that you would associate with a ground ball pitcher, a pitch to contact guy. And that's essentially what has happened with Hauser this year as he's thrown more sinkers, more sliders, cut down on the four-seam fastball. We've seen his strikeout rate drop from 26.7% in those final 12 starts last year. This year it's down to 17.5%, so a pretty significant reduction in strikeouts, which, again, it makes sense because he's gone away from the pitch that gets swings and misses, and he's leaning heavily into the pitch that doesn't get swings and misses. And don't get me wrong here. He's got a very, very good sinker. It was one of the better sinkers among starting pitchers in the game last year, even despite that limited sample size. And a lot of times I do think we give pitchers the advice to lean into their best pitch. I think we're seeing that with Dylan Bundy uh, with the Angels. He got traded there from the Baltimore Orioles, and the Angels have had him throw a lot of sliders, which is his best pitch, and we're seeing results from that. But in Hauser's case, using his best pitch more often has actually proven to be a negative for him because now he's not getting as many strikeouts as he did last year, especially in big spots where you could really just use a swing and a miss. Instead, he continues to go to that sinker, which leads to some problems. And his quality of contact metrics have, for the most part, they've stayed solid, just like they were last year. Uh, But because those strikeouts are down, you've got more balls in play that he is allowing which creates more opportunities for those balls in play to find gaps on the field. And we've seen his hits per nine innings has gone up pretty significantly. His whip has gone up and his home run rate has gone up as well. So I just think it's kind of confusing for me, especially given the success that Adrian Hauser had last year with kind of that hybrid profile where he was kind of getting the best of both worlds. He was inducing weak contact, but he was also striking a lot of guys out. And this year, he's lost half of that profile. Now he's just a pitch-to-contact guy. And when you look at how good Adrian Hauser's stuff is, I, I was very optimistic about him because he throws hard, too. He throws hard with movement, and he's also, last year, was able to elevate to get swings and misses. He has very good stuff. But the kind of pitch selection that he's using right now is something that you would expect more from a Brett Anderson, you know, someone who really doesn't have great stuff, and he has to rely a little more on movement and location and it's kind of frustrating to see Hauser use that approach when I think it's really holding him back because he has the potential to be a lot better than this not that he's been bad so far his ERA is still a little bit better than league average but it just feels like this is not the right approach for him and this is not the way for him to hit his ceiling and find success at the big league level well what's interesting Jack is that he's I I can see why he and the Brewers decided to try and do this to lean into his best pitch. So he's tried it. It has not been as successful. Do you think that this is something that they might try uh, for a few more starts to try and really see if it can be successful? And then if, if not, it, he could revert. I mean, I know we're, it's probably just a complete guess on your part or my part here, but you'd have to think that at some point, if this continues not continues not to be as good as he was you know, last year down the stretch, that he'll just say, hey, you know what? I'm going to go back to doing what I did last year because that seemed to be pretty effective. I mean, do you see any drawbacks to him going back to that? I think that there is a line which at some point if the Brewers aren't seeing results, they are going to make some changes and maybe trend back to what he was doing last year. But he's only made six starts, and I think a lot of times for us as fans, you know, that line comes a lot sooner for us than it does for the organization. So I don't think they're going to suddenly – make a change after six starts because when you see a pretty significant shift like this this is obviously something they talked about doing during the offseason 
and this is obviously part of a what they I'm sure assumed was a well thought out plan for him uh, but right now we're not seeing it work and I don't think that in the long run it's a good idea either if it were up to me they never would have made this change you know this is kind of a if it ain't broke don't fix it yeah. type scenario uh, but I think they'll keep up with this a little bit longer, maybe even for the entire season before we see them kind of change things again. Um, but I, I do hope that they kind of lean back toward the approach that he was using last year. Yeah, it was certainly good. Uh, great article. Great work on that, though, Zach. Appreciate it. Uh, sorry, Zach. Where am I? Uh, Jack, great job. Thank you very much. Uh, we'll look for more of your stuff at brewcrewball.com, and, and thanks for joining us. Yeah, absolutely. My pleasure. You can find Jack Stern on Twitter again at Baseball7310, at Baseball7310, or Brew Crew Ball. And Brew Crew Ball's on, on Twitter as well, at Brew Crew Ball. We'll talk with uh, Brad Ford coming up tomorrow from Brew Crew Ball. I'm binging Brew Crew Ball uh, this week here on the podcast. We'll talk with Brad Ford about the uh, trade prospects the Brewers picked up. Uh, in that trade, the David Phelps trade. So I'll be uh, interested to talk with him and see how he uh, he grades that trade. And, you know, they're, they're low-level prospects, if you will, right? And so David Stearns and company had to see something they liked in them to give up Phelps. The only trade they made, and of course it makes the Brewers less potent on the field this year, makes them worse, let's just be honest, right? Because it, although they have a stable of arms in that bullpen, it's not like you, you just – you know, give up a guy who is performing at the level of Phelps, you're not going to be as good. And that's, you, you know, you're not as likely to win games. Let's just, again, call it what it is. So uh, we'll talk with uh, Brad Ford about that uh, on tomorrow's show. Looking forward to it. As far as tonight goes, we're back to action. Uh, we'll try and uh, see if the Brewers don't lose by 11. <laughs> Adrian Hauser versus Spencer Turnbull uh, tonight. And Spencer Turnbull has been pretty good. His ERA under three. Uh, he's looked really good for the Tigers. He's started six games, 30 innings, 26 strikeouts, a 1.32 whip. Last time out against Chicago, he was really good. Five and two-thirds, three hits, no runs. He walked three and struck out five. And uh, previous two times, he did allow three earned runs each time. But, you know, when when you go against the Brewers these days, it might not uh, might not be too bad uh, for your for your stats. You might see an improvement because that offense has just been so inconsistent and very difficult to get off the ground here. But uh, Spencer Turnbull's looking good. The Tigers have now won six straight. They are a red-hot baseball team. Six-game winning streak in a season like this means a lot. It'd be nice if the Brewers could catch one of those at some point. I don't know if they will, but it'd be nice. They're going to have to get three, four, five guys you know, hitting at the same time in order to accomplish that feat. Tigers are doing that right now. And the Brewers will try and cool him off tonight. Adrian Hauser, again, like we said, we'll see what kind of pitch selection he has. Uh, but he, is, he has struggled a bit his last few times out. And so his task will be to keep the Brewers in the game. He can go for some length. So if he can keep the run total down and the pitch count reasonable, you know, you could see six innings tonight out of Adrian Hauser. Uh, and that's certainly what the Brewers need. Now their bullpen is pretty rested because they didn't throw any high leverage guys last night. So they'll be okay. And they can go to a lot of the guys that they normally use in the bullpen. But, uh, you know, again, it'd just be nice to see Hauser uh, turn in a good start. We'll have to see, uh, you know, how he selects his pitches, what he does, and and the results uh, tonight against a very hot Detroit team. So, we'll have, as always, we'll have the uh, full report for you tomorrow. We'll talk about it. Again, Brad Ford will join us. Dr. Scott set to join us as well. We're going to have him on Friday's show uh, to talk about uh, Orlando Arcia and the 
the improvement of Josh Hader, which is hard to believe, but it's true. He's been really good. Uh, even better is what I mean when you say hard to believe. How could he be better? Well, he's, I think he has been. So we'll talk about that as the show goes along, and uh, we'll join you tomorrow. I'm Ben Larson. Thanks for joining me. Find me on Twitter at Cheesehead Talks and at Lockdown Brewers. Also, Facebook.com slash Lockdown Brewers. And we will talk to you again tomorrow when we deliver your daily fix of Brewers baseball right here on Lockdown Brewers, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 